E3 continues, tons of movie news, Goodbye Raid Bradbury, and Before Watchmen, The Minutemen, reviewed. Coming up on your Geekscape pod. Wah, 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 Geekscape. All right, all that. Um, okay, so welcome back to Geekscape. Obviously, E3 has been continuing, and I attended a full day yesterday. And that's about all I can take of E3. I'm not a big E3 fan. I don't feel like it's like Comic-Con. Comic-Con is really social. Um, it's really about the attendees, and it's an event. You know, you get normal people. You get a ton of cosplayers. You get a ton of people who are excited about everything. Not to say that people at E3 aren't excited, but it's all lines. It's all people standing in line to demo stuff, and it's definitely an industry event. You know, there are appointments to demo games, this and that, and it's, it has more of a rat race atmosphere than a discovery atmosphere, which is what I enjoy about Comic-Con. So I'm not a big E3 fan. I did E3 yesterday for about four hours, and that's all I wanted to do. Um, but the things that I checked out, awesome. First, let's start with Sony's press conference late uh, Monday night. The one thing that uh, I wanted from Sony was some kind of confirmation of what the status was of The Last Guardian. I'm a huge Team Eco fan. I think I, uh, Eco is a great game. I think Shadows of the Colossus is a perfect game. I mean, when did they show that first Last Guardian trailer? Like, three years ago? Four years ago? I mean, I've been wanting this game for a long time now, and um, things just seem to get worse with the creator leaving Sony, and then this story and that story. Uh, I just want some confirmation that sooner or later we're going to get The Last Guardian on the PS3. I mean, come on. Let's not... On the PS3, on the systems that we own right now. None of this, oh my god, it took so long developing, we're just going to push it to a PS4. Um, That's what I wanted out of Sony. Uh, We did get Quantic Dream to announce that new game Beyond with Ellen Page. Um, Looks eerily creepy. It did remind me that I played played, uh, Heavy Rain for like 10 minutes. um, And I, I forgot why... Why I stopped playing it? I, I played it for like ten minutes. And that's all I played. Uh, I own it. I should go back and just play it. Uh, William Bibiani swears by that game. He says it's amazing, and I'm sure it is. But if I'm going to play doughy-eyed, creepy people, I'm going to play La Noir, which is what I think distracted me from ever getting back to uh, to Heart Heavy Rain. So I'll, I'll try out Heavy Rain in preparation for Beyond, starring Ellen Page as a girl sitting in a chair, not saying a whole lot. Um, but you know what? She busts some ass at the end of that trailer. I like the technology of it. Speaking of technology, I sat with my buddy Craig Derrick. He was part of the team that was that's over at Lucas um, Arts that's in charge of the Star Wars thirteen thirteen. I'm a huge like, I you know I got you guys know people versus George Lucas. Like I gave up on Star Wars. I was like I'm just not gonna take the abuse anymore. This isn't. It's just not for me anymore. So uh, I wanted to see Craig because we met uh, honestly. We met at Comic Con a couple years ago because Lucas Arts was announcing the xbox remakes of the monkey island games and they had a monkey island get together and this is about three years ago four years ago this is during san diego and i showed up at this monkey island get together and craig and i sat down at this table and there are other developers at lucas arts that are talking about monkey island with a monkey island fan and craig just got stuck with me and i scared the shit out of him like the intensity coming off of me like i outlined for him my entire Monkey Island movie, and he's just like, Jesus, this guy loves Monkey Island. Um, one day you'll see it, maybe. <laughs> but I outlined my entire Monkey Island movie. Who would play who, where in the story I would take, uh, where I would start, what sto- what characters would be combined, uh, what the span of the story would be. It would take place over uh, games one and two. 
Um, obviously, you have to combine a couple characters. Uh, I'll just give you a hint. I'm definitely going to... I would definitely combine Murray, the Talking Skull, and the Nameless Henchman Skeleton from the first game, which is a big part of it. Um, all right, that's enough. So... He showed me Star Wars 1313. I sat, I sat in the room. It looked like you were on Star Tours, right? And thir- Star Wars 1313, while we're talking about facial recognition software, what's impressive about it is that all of Lucasfilm helped out on the game. ILM helped out on the game. They really pulled all of the Lucas resources to make this game as technologically amazing as possible. It takes place uh, on Coruscant. They supposedly have a level 1313 beneath the city. You're a bounty hunter. There's not going to be any Force, not going to be any Jedi. This is all about blasters and uh, subterfuge and dark alleys. The tone of the game is mature. It's darker. That's what they've been telling you. It's obvious. Um, The stuff that they showed us was technologically incredible. Um, The facial recognition is better than anything we've seen in the game. Uh, The cutscene to gameplay is seamless. So you're watching the game, and all of a sudden it throws you into the action, and you've got to pick up the controller and start working with it. Um, it's a pretty badass sequence. It was all demo, though. I don't see this game coming out before 2014. I don't. Um, it just seems so early. Uh, what they showed us was really impressive, but it was temp characters. And I think a temp scenario. So 2014, look forward to it. Hopefully it's not another um, Jedi Knight 2, you know, because that had an amazing trailer, and I guess people weren't that uh, into the game. So, uh, let's talk E3. That, well, Sony press conference, like that's, that, that was really Sony for me. Um, I wasn't too impressed. The next morning I went to Nintendo, and you guys know I'm a big Nintendo fanboy, but I'm really a, a fanboy of everything. I'm playing my PS3 more than anything right now. That's the system that I'm playing the most of. But uh, I might get Pikmin 2, the new one that was released. Uh, the classics edition that was released for the, for the Wii. Because I miss Pikmin. And it was never more evident than when I was sitting in the Nintendo presentation. The lights dim. I'm sitting next to Brian Walton. And uh, the lights dim and this video shows up. And it, the, the video starts and you're in Miyamoto's office. And there are Pikmin running around hiding. And Miyamoto's working totally ambivalent, like obli- totally oblivious to the fact that there are Pikmin running around. And I screamed like a 15-year-old girl at a Beatles concert. I screamed like a chick. I swear to you. Uh, Walton was like, what the fuck? I, I was the only one. <laughs> Nobody was cheering. And I, I see Pikmin. I know the announcement of Pikmin 3 is coming. I freaked out. Um, Tim Schafer, uh, you know, had just walked up the aisle before the lights dimmed. So I know he was, like, sitting right near us. And I screamed like... It was not my proudest moment, but I freaked some people out. Like Some Japanese dudes looked back at me and were like, what the hell is this guy on? Um, I love it. I love the fact that the first thing that they announced was Pikmin 3 on the Wii U. Um, that was, that's impressive. Uh, the game looks phenomenal. There's photorealistic um, above world uh, from, from the plants, from the vegetation. You guys know what Pikmin is. It's kind of a, a RTS no, it's, not a, it's like a real-time strategy-type adventure game where you land on a planet and you have to control this local wildlife called Pikmin, which are little plants that you have to command. You have to toss them on things like barriers or enemies in order to break them down. And then you transport everything as resources, so you're transporting like bottle caps or you're finding, um, you're finding fruit, and your, your Pikmin are transporting them back to your ship to use as fuel. 
so that you can get to the next part of the, of, of the world, of the stage, but you're miniaturized. So it's a miniaturized world, so like leaves are big, and you're walking through grass, which is enormous, and you're being attacked by bugs, which are like huge monsters. Uh, the entire world looks great, and it looks photorealistic now on the, on the Wii U. It looks phenomenal. And just to get myself in the mood, I'm going to go pick up that twenty nine ninety nine Pikmin 2 and play it on my Wii. It's been a while since I've, I've turned the Wii on since um, Skyward Sword, and I'm ready to go back at it. So they announced Pikmin 3. I got a chance to play it on the floor. It plays like a dream. I played it with both the Wii modes and the tablet. The Wii tablet, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I like the fact that it gives you the overhead, the overworld maps in your games. Uh, you don't have to go to a sub-menu to bring up a map. You don't have to look at a little, H, uh, a little HUD display to see a little bit of the map. You can see the entire map and where everything is located just by glancing down at the Wii U screen. And on top of that, um, for a game like they announced um, Arkham City Armored Edition, uh, going into the inventory to switch you know, back gadgets or to find the map, not necessary. You can do it all on the touch screen of the Wii U pad. I thought that was a pretty cool way to do it. Uh, am I going to play through Arkham City again? No. <laughs> My buddy Ari at a... At Universal, he's played through Arkham City like a million times. He just had his PS3. I think his PS3 got wiped, and he goes, "Yeah, all my Arkham City, I was like at seventy percent and totally got wiped. I'll just play through it again." I'm like, "Jesus, you're psychotic for that game." Um, but Pikmin Three was a lot of fun. I played through an Overland, like an, like uh, one of the Overland levels, taking out bugs and discovering the new Rock Pikmin, which were really cool. And then they let me play through a boss battle, and that was a ton of fun. I literally beelined it. For Nintendo, the second those doors opened, uh, going back to the to the uh, going back to the press conference, I like the fact that there are four uh, characters that you can play simultaneously in Pikmin Two. It allow or Pikmin Three. It allows you to have three of your buddies explore the world at the same time, controlling each controlling their own band of Pikmin. I think that's awesome. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of competitive stuff in there. Um, Let's see, your Pikmin can build things now to access other parts of the level. Your Pikmin were never able to build anything. Now they can actually collect uh, pieces from around the level and put together things like bridges and ladders. I think that's really cool. The, inf- the, the new Miiverse thing, you guys know I'm a huge street pass and gangster. I street pass like a motherfucker. I got a lot of funny street pass stories from E3. On the 3DS, I love street passing. I think it's, it's kind of lame, but I love it. And um, now it seems like you're going to be able to street pass through the Wii-verse, this new uh, Me-verse thing where you can actually see all the people you've befriended, not just in a Me plaza like on the Wii, but actually uh, they're all hanging around the titles that they like to play, and they communicate with you. They say blurbs like on Xbox Live. Um, what's cool is that the Me-verse can also be accessible on your PC or 3DS or your smartphone iOS, so it's going to have a lot of interactivity beyond just being able to play on the Wii U. I think that's really smart, especially after Xbox's announcement that they're going to basically put Xbox stuff on every piece of technology in your house. Um, new Super Mario Bros. U, that looks awesome. Uh, this The flying squirrel, it, it actually plays like a dream. You can actually float around the level. Uh, you also get different kind of Yoshis, a Yoshi that blows bubbles in order to trap enemies in bubbles, and then a, one that blows up like a balloon to float you up in the level. That looks cool. New Super Mario Brothers, you would, if it's anything like New Super Mario Brothers on the Wii, you know we're going to get into some fist fights fighting through that level because it's four players at the same time. That's a fun party game. 
Um, I'm a big fan of that series, the way that they've uh, re-engineered it for the Wii. It's going to be awesome on the Wii U. Arkham City Armored Edition, I think we talked about it. What's cool is that there's actually a, a BAT meter. And when you suit up, you actually energize. It's, it reminded me of, like, in God of War, when you can, like, unleash. After you, like, do a bunch of super violence, you can actually build up a bunch of rage and then unleash the Titans and, like, smash a bunch of people. It seemed like that was what it, they were doing, but with uh, Batman. Of course, like, the touchpad arsenal with the U, Wii U pad is cool. I'm really looking forward to Scribblenauts Unlimited. They announced the new Scribblenauts game for both the Wii U and for the 3DS. What I like is that it's not linear like the last two games. And in Scribblenauts, really, like, if you need something in a level, you write it. Like, you need a dinosaur to eat a gorilla that's blocking your path. You write dinosaur, or you write Cthulhu, or you write God, or you write tank, and it shows up. And in this edition, it looks like it's got a bit of an MMO feel. You can play alongside other friends, and it's mission-based. So you don't have to go through missions linearly. You can actually pick missions from, like, a central plaza, which is cool. I think the Scribblenaut games are great, but they kind of peter out in your excitement of them as you play. You get about halfway or three-fourths of the way through the game, and then you need a little bit more. Hopefully the social aspects of it will help that out. Darksiders 2, Mass Effect 3, Tank, Tank, Tank. And uh, Tekken Tag Tournament, those were announced as third-party games. I played Tank, Tank, Tank. It's a very popular arcade game in Japan. No me gusto. Uh, as soon as we were done with the game, one of the guys who was playing it with me goes, this is DLC, right? Because the graphics weren't that great and the gameplay was really thin. I, I put a full review up on the website. If you guys want to go to geekscape.net and check out the review, it's up there. Um, Trine 2, the director's cut, Ninja Gaiden 3. Aliens, Colonial Marines, and then this Wii Fit U. It's got a new fit meter. Um, I'm into the Wii Fit. No, I'm not. I, I talked about it on Monday. I'm not into the... I, what I like is... What I like about the Wii stuff and the Nike Plus, now that I'm thinking about it, is that it does track your progress. I think that's really important. And it's something you don't get just by running by yourself or working out by yourself. Unless you have like a notebook or something, tracking your progress is really an important part to exercising and being fit. Um... You can't track your progress if you're not writing this stuff down. And that is something that you do get with like the Nike Plus program on the Xbox and that you'll get on the Wii Fit U is the ability to have this system track it for you. Um, that does help a lot. Um, new Super Mario Bros. 2 for the 3DS. It's all about gold coins, and you actually get the flying raccoon from Mario Bros. 3. I'm into that. I just saw the new 3DS uh, announcement press conference uh, that they put up tonight. Paper Mario 3, the uh, the Sticker Star stuff coming out this holiday looks awesome, as does Luigi's Mansion. Dark Moon has multiple mansions. I played through the Luigi's Mansion on the GameCube, and I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. Pretty overlooked. The whole system was pretty overlooked, and I think that Luigi's Mansion was a big part of that. I, that's, a movie, that's a game that I thought was really unique and original, and hopefully that whole franchise gets a second life on the 3DS. Um, they announced the new Castlevania game, which looks pretty good. Epic Mickey. Uh, this one looks cool. It looks a lot like Castle of Illusion, the old game from back in 1990 on the Sega Genesis that we played a million times. Kingdom Hearts 3D comes out in a couple weeks, I think July 31st. You also got uh, this Wii U game, Lego, uh, Lego City Undercover, which is like a, an undercover hard-boiled cop game, but in the Lego universe, so it's fun and it's light. I immediately dissed this game the second the trailer started up. I was like, oh, it's for kids. 
Then I realized that the game is hilarious. There's also a 3DS version that's going to come alongside it, but what we saw of the Wii U version was so damn funny. It was self... Uh, it, 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 would, it would reference itself. So it was self-referential in the way that like, you'd have the hero falling down like a bottomless pit, and he would, he would have to avoid, as he's kind of parachuting down this bottomless pit, or more like free-falling down this bottomless pit, there's like a fan coming. That, you know, and he has to avoid the blades of the fan. And the character is talking to himself the entire time. And he's like, why is that even there? Who knows why a random saw fan is in the middle of this bottomless pit. But it was hilarious. The entire place cracked up. And it, it sold me on the game. Uh, the game, again, is self-referential not just to the Lego universe, but to video games. He can build a pipe and go down it like Mario. I think it's cool. Um, Ubisoft has a couple Wii U games, like Zombie U, the game that was played in that very embarrassing generic trailer that we saw. Um, the game actually looks cool because you can use the uh, Wii U pad as things like uh, a scope for sniping. You can use it for hacking. You can use it to scan environments uh, for threats. You can also use it for fighting. Like if a zombie grabs you, you can shake it, and you can shake a zombie off of you. Uh, you can also point the camera at yourself and zombify your, your face and put yourself in the game, which I thought was cool. Uh, other third-party games for the th- Wii, D- Wii U are going to be Assassin's Creed 3, Rabbids Land, Rayman Legends, Avengers Battle for Earth, which I think is just a fighting game, which I'm kind of disappointed about. Um, the DC uh, Injustice fighting game is it, actually first impressions. Go to the website. Jake went away and actually got a chance to play the DC fighting game. I can't get into the fighting games. Uh, I'm a story guy. Uh, but the last thing that was revealed was Nintendo Land, kind of Nintendo's version of Home mixed with the Mii Plaza, which I think is cool. I think Home was too open-ended when Sony launched it. It felt too much like they were trying to do Second Life. or that's, Is that it? Second Life, right? Um, it felt like they were trying to do Second Life, and it was too open-ended. I think people got into home and they were like I don't know what to do here other than watch commercials for movies or other products I'm not feeling this with Nintendo Land it does feel like Disneyland it feels like you're going to go in there and there's themed areas based on like the Zelda franchise the Mario franchise the Donkey Kong franchise and so you're going to get to places and there's a little ninja game you go and you play a Luigi Ghost Mansion game with other people um all of that stuff is launching with the system and it seems like the equivalent of Wii Sports, like that one thing that taught you how to play the system, got you into feeling the system, I think it's smart. Um, Immediately with the system, you get something that you can play, not just in your living room like Wii Sports was, but you can play it socially, which is key, especially if Nintendo is going to get that monkey off their back of not being the social system that Xbox is, right? They got to, right off the fucking gate, have a social aspect to it, and Nintendo uh, Land seems like that. So, pretty smart move. Everybody's kind of unanimously saying that Nintendo Land, or that Nintendo won the press conference war at E3, but they say that every year. I told you guys, they innovate like like mofos. Um, I'm a Nintendo fan, but, you know, I'm also a fan of everybody else. If it's a fun game, I'll, I'll play it and give it a chance. Um, so, that's E3. I did have fun, um, but it just wears you out, because... Um, I don't know, you're just walking around standing in long lines to play short demos. It's hard to get excited. Uh, the game, most of the games will come out soon enough, and like, 
uh, I was explaining to somebody, I was like, I can read comics because they're inexpensive for the most part, and you read them in 15 minutes. I can review movies because movies are over in two hours, and again, they're like 7 to 15 bucks depending on when you go. But games are $60, and they take hours, hours, hours to really understand and appreciate enough to review and talk about them with any kind of merit. It's resource intensive, so video games, they're just going to fall off. Um, I, I, I mean, I love video games. They're probably my favorite storytelling medium because they're so dynamic, but and they are the future of every medium. I mean, they're, they're the future of every entertainment medium. But E3 just, I mean, maybe PAX is, is more fun. My buddy who is going to PAX is organizing some things for a company, and so they were having a five-on-five basketball game, developers versus fans, and he invited me to come play in it. But I, I, I can't go to PAX after Comic-Con, Comic, especially the Comic-Con we're planning. It's too much, man. Like, I, you know, a couple weeks after Comic-Con, I'm a dead man. All right, let's get to news. All this stuff is up on the website. This is where I got it. I got it from Geekscape.net. Django Unchained has a trailer. There's the new uh, Quentin Tarantino movie with Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, and Leonardo DiCaprio. I read the script. I love the script. The trailer is awesome. It's got all. It's just got a ton of mood, and it's got a ton of style. And the tra- if you this script is awesome. So it's got so many twists and turns. Uh, so even though you feel like this is a bounty hunter western. You guys have no idea. It, it, it turns on its head so many times. I mean, it, it doesn't. It, it turns the genre. It puts the genre on its head. It turns on a dime. Uh, the trailer that really impressed me was Wreck It Ralph, this Disney movie which feels like the Roger Rabbit of video games. Go to the website and look at the Wreck It Ralph trailer right now. John C. Riley plays basically a Donkey Kong like villain who decided all of a sudden he's going to like a like a villain support group and he says, you know what, I want to be a hero, and he goes about. It, leaving the game that he's part of, which is like a Rampage Donkey Kong like morph kind of hybrid game, and then he goes, fuck it, I'm a hero, and he goes off on this quest to become a hero. I think it's awesome. I'm looking forward to this game. I think it comes to uh, this, uh, this game. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this movie. It's all about games. Again, it's a little Roger Rabbit of games, and it comes out in November. I'm stoked for it. Um, other movie news, the Russo brothers, who directed Yumi and Dupree in a couple of episodes of Community, the comedy directors are talking about Cap 2. I mean, Marvel once is thinking about having them do Cap 2, which just feels inappropriate, I think. Um, but who knows? Uh, Pat Healy, after we did the, the, the news, Pat Healy, who is a, um, a great actor, he was in, uh, if you guys saw The Innkeepers, you should have. He's in The Innkeepers. He's also, uh, in a, he did a great job in compliance, a movie I saw at South by Southwest. Pat Healy is a fan of Geekscape, and he said, listen, the Russo brothers also did Welcome to Collinwood with Sam Rockwell. So fact check, Geekscape, they're good directors. Pat Healy, I trust you. And with the Marvel movies, we just got to wait and see, I guess. Um, speaking of the other side of the, uh, speaking of comic book movies, uh, Justice League has a new writer, Will Beale. He's, uh, he wrote uh, Gangster Squad, which is this new movie that's coming out with, uh, oh man, it's got Sean Penn in it. It's got a ton of different people. It feels like Ellie Noir, the movie, the trailer was up on the website. But he's supposedly going to be writing a Justice League script for Warner Brothers. Uh, Michael Goldenberg uh, is writing a Wonder Woman script for Warner Brothers. A Wonder Woman script. Man, it seems like just yesterday that was an awful TV pilot. Um, what else we got here? A couple of rumors, which are awesome. Uh, these rumors are up on the site. First Class 2. 
you knew it was going to happen. Uh, Matthew Vaughn's already signed up for it. He skipped doing Kick-Ass 2 because he was signed up for First Class 2 for Fox. Is it going to be a Days of Future Past storyline? That's the question. Is it going to be Days of Future Past? Uh, that's the rumor, I guess. So what are your thoughts? Is the First Class Universe set up to handle a story like Days of Future Past? It's a classic X-Men story, probably one of the top five X-Men stories, can they handle it without introducing the Claremont Byrne X-Men of Wolverine, Jean Grey, Colossus? They're not part of the team. Cyclops, not part of the team. Kitty Pryde, not part of the team in X-Men First Class. Maybe they will in X-Men Second Class. Um, The other rumor is the Black Panther. Will Marvel put them on screens in 2014? Supposedly there's a script that exists that is really damn good, according to this story. Is T'Challa, King of Wakanda, coming to the screen in 2014? I, I would really love to see this happen. I think that anything that you can do to diversify the Marvel Universe right now, take a couple chances. Uh, take some risks. I mean, Marvel and Disney are sitting on such a strong... Um, uh, I mean, they've got so much goodwill built up from Avengers and from the, the movies that they've accomplished that uh, take a couple little chances, you know. And I don't think Black Panther's a chance. I don't think that Edgar Wright's Iron, uh, Ant-Man's a chance. But I would love to see the diversification of, uh, of the Marvel Universe, you know. Do something that just seems not Avengers and then bring him into the Avengers. Do, do, do something that takes place in Africa, maybe. Who who wrote those? Um, oh man, I, who wrote that storyline a couple of years ago? They used it for they used it for the Disney DX Avengers story when they were doing the Black Panthers intro. Um, and uh, and do, I mean, do a, do a, just a Black Panther in Wakanda. Little hints of the rest of the Marvel universe. Just do a, a classic little story to set up the Black Panther as a badass. And other than what we've seen in the Avengers, those characters. And get him set up for Avengers 2. Bring him into Avengers 2 after you get his solo movie in 2014. I, I'm, I'd be such a fan of that. So, let's do it. Um, comic books. Before Watchmen, Minutemen came out today. Darwin Cook, this is the book that he's doing for the whole Before Watchmen thing. Um, it pretty much follows Hollis Mason, uh, who's the original um, Night Owl. And it, it basically follows him uh, talking about the other Minutemen and what inspired him to become a cape. Uh, I found it to be intensely boring. Uh, I dare say it's as boring and uh, detailed as Watchmen, <laughs> the original Watchmen book. And I, if you guys are gasping, like, come on, like, let's just admit, Watchmen is dense to the point of boredom. And I'm not saying I'm a simpleton. What I'm saying is it's it's... It's a lot. It is a dense piece of work, and to appreciate it, you have to take your time with it. And sometimes that's just boring when you read a comic book. Try giving Watchmen to somebody who's never read a comic book. They'll never read a comic book again. It's it's not... I, I do like Watchmen. I'm a big Watchmen fan. But it's dense, and it's boring at times. And I thought that this first, before Watchmen... Minutemen uh, had the had kind of kind of was trying to keep the same language. I like that they use the same color palette uh, that Dave Gibbons used, but um, but man, is it slow? And, it, and it's and it's it's just yeah. What I mean, 
we got to give the rest of this series a chance. Of course I'll give the rest of the series a chance. Of course they have my money. But, man, all I can think when I see Darwin Cook doing his own solo work is his Parker the Hunter series, which is awesome. Go buy those two books right now. And the, uh, the, the spirit that he did for DC a couple years ago when he did those solo books uh, of, of uh, Will Eisner's The Spirit. If you guys want some kick-ass Darwin Cook stuff, go pick that stuff up. I'm thinking about, you know, uh, The New Frontier, the first, the, those two DC books that he did, The New Frontier 1 and 2. Go pick those up. Go pick up, again, Hunter, uh, you know, the, the, the Hunter books that he did and, um, and go find The Spirit. Darwin Cook, it can be fun. This just wasn't fun. It felt bogged down by the legacy of Watchmen. I say if you're going to do something new, you're going to do something fresh, and if Alan Moore is already going to tell you guys to go fuck yourself, don't tailor it to the pacing of Alan Moore's detailed and, and like to the, almost to the point of boredom Watchmen. Fucking cut loose. Give us a brand new flavor. You don't have to make this as plottingly... Much, I mean, it doesn't have to be fine lit, okay? You're already working with comic books here. So, cut loose. That's my advice to DC on this one, especially since you got Darwin Cook, who can really make some great single issues. Um, the biggest news, I think, is Ray Bradbury. He passed today. Um, there's a great um, eulogy that Matt Blackwood wrote up on the website. Uh, Ray Bradbury, of course, is the author of The Martian Chronicles, uh, something this uh, wicked this way comes Fahrenheit 451. We all read that in high school, and um, if I was a bigger sci-fi guy, I think this would hurt worse. Um, I'm not a big sci-fi guy. I like my adventure sci-fi, I like Star Wars, not like Trek. Um, still, there's no denying how big of a voice, how big of a force he was in sci-fi. I remember a girl who liked me in high school giving me a copy of the Martian Chronicles as kind of a way of saying, hey, you're into sci-fi books and Star Wars. I'm interested in you. Here's the Martian Chronicles. Your host, myself, the big dummy, didn't pick up on it. (laughs) She ended up dating somebody else because I was like, hey, thanks for the book. (laughs) Never in my life did I imagine a girl would be interested in me and use a Ray Bradbury book as a uh, proposal to date or to go out or whatever, but I, uh, I remember that distinctly. She would come visit me in my comic book store where I worked behind the counter, and she wasn't interested in any of that stuff. She was interested in me, but I was clueless. I was an idiot. And one day she brought The Martian Chronicles, and, uh, and I read it. But I never put two and two together that she was interested in me. I, I, was, I mean, I was just a dope. I'm sorry, guys. That's your... That's your fearless leader right there. Uh, I love the feedback you guys... Uh, well, I just want to say, when I hear Ray Bradbury, I think of that those moments where I was clueless and this and that. So, um, Ray Bradbury, absolutely you'll be missed in your major part of sci-fi. So, uh, share your Ray Bradbury stories on the site. Go read Matt Blackwood's eulogy. Um, okay, guys. So... Thank you for the feedback to these Geekscape pods. They're going to keep going. I'm out of town this week filming. I'm filming and editing a project at the same time. Uh, About to add another project to it. Still giving you guys your Geekscape. Still teaching once or twice a week. It's just retardedly brutal. I literally woke up at 4.30 the other day in the morning and went to sleep at 11. 
Um, just working nonstop in between, stopping to eat a sandwich, maybe. Um, guys, that's your Geekscape pod. Thanks for the feedback. I love the feedback that you guys are loving these episodes. I get, I just, you know me. I got to talk to Noah Mike. I got to talk to you guys. Yeah, that's what Geekscape's about, communication and shared excitement. Uh, Paul, our writer, thank you so much for giving us feedback. Uh, he said that um, in that uh, Black Ops 2 trailer, The Building Falling, fair. We all know Battlefield 3 did that at EA or at E3 back in 2011 as part of their presentation. Yep. Um, that's kind of the, the thing about E3, too. It, uh, nothing feels new to me. It all feels like another variation of the same damn game. Of course, I'm a Nintendo fan, so <laughs> you can take that argument however you want it. You know they've been making the same damn game since 1986. All right, guys. I'll see you guys early, early, early next week. I, I think I, I get home Sunday from out of town, and then maybe I'll take Laura immediately to see Prometheus so I can give you guys my thoughts early Monday. All right. Geekscape. Check out the site, geekscape.net. Follow me on Twitter, at JonathanLondon, or follow at geekscape.net, spelled out. Look for us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Geekscape.net. We'll see you next time.